It's the right time for Western Oklahoma. Eleven minutes after seven o'clock, and welcome to our program. We have with us today Ryan Haney with Oklahoma Council of Public Affairs. Good morning, Ryan. Welcome back to the show. It's good to have you on. Oh, thanks. It's great to be on. Also, Les Crawl here, a retired professor in, in uh, business law at Southwestern, and and also head of the department at one time, with us as well this morning. Yeah. Good morning. So, Ryan, let's talk first of all about your income tax cut. Uh, OCPA supported uh, state income tax, do, actually doing away with it. Where are we now in the legislature? You, do you think you're going to uh, – the, the House has passed some of this legislation in the past. Are you going to get get that across the, I guess, uh, goal line? We do believe that we will get some kind of income tax cut across the goal line. It, it's unclear what that's going to look like. As you said, you know, our – our favorite proposal would be a proposal that over time would would phase out the income tax so that we could be competitive with states like Texas, Tennessee, and Florida who don't have an income tax at all. Uh, but as of right now, you know we're we're even lagging uh, behind Arkansas because uh, Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders is not messing around. Uh, she came in, called her legislature into special session, and they actually passed a tax cut. And I believe now they're at 4.4, which puts them below us. And so, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of infighting, which, you know, the, the battle lines are drawn in weird places now in Oklahoma. There are so few Democrats that, you know, the, the Republicans tend to fight amongst each other. And so it's unclear uh, what that will look like. But, but we, we are cautiously optimistic that something will get done on the income tax this year. Are you supporting the grocery tax cut as well? Because it looks like the Senate is closer to doing a, a, a cut on the grocery tax than they are the income tax. Yeah, I mean, we've never seen a tax that we don't think needs to be cut. But uh, I think our our main concern is that we don't do the grocery tax without doing uh, at least some cut to the income tax as well. And, of course, we've got the uh, the, the growth revenue numbers that just came out, I think, last week uh and, you know, we've got enough money to do both, uh, enough growth revenue to do both. So let's not grow government. Let's cut taxes. That's 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 what we'd like to see happen. And we've got a number of senators, by the way, who have signed on to OCPA's uh, tax pledge uh, for, for this year. Um, and so, you know, if if uh, although I don't think the senators from a couple of the senators from out west have signed that. So if, if your listeners want to go out and encourage them, we would love for love for them to do that. So we have Les Crawl here, like I said, who uh, taught business law, but also as a CPA and an attorney. Now, you're an attorney as well, I believe. That's right. And did you go to OU Law School or uh, somewhere else out of state? No, that's right. I, w- I went to OU. So, so um, Les yeah. is an OU Quite. Law School graduate as well. Just I was just thinking that you both went there. So, I, Les, you're a farmer, though. And uh, uh, Ryan, the Farm Bureau has gone has come out against the uh, lowering the income tax. Uh, Les, you're a farmer and, and businessman. What do you What are your thoughts about? That? Well, I, I think from the agricultural perspective, uh, uh, we don't want to see what Texas, California, some of these other states have done with ad valorem tax because t- Texas is huge and ad, their ad valorem tax bill is huge. I would rather pay. Uh, the 4.75 income tax, which most people don't even know what the tax rate is in Oklahoma because their employer holds the money out of their check. They never see that money. 
Now, the grocery tax, that's different. When you go in that grocery store, you see that every time you go buy groceries. So I, I, I think people would appreciate the grocery tax elimination much more than, than they would, you know, 4.75. That's, to me, de minimis in terms of uh, a tax burden. 4.75, if they rate, lower it to 4.5, big deal. A quarter of a point uh, on an already pretty low number. So your response to that, I know you pushed hard to, to cut the tax. You kind of talked about that already, but how do you respond to the farmers who are, I know, talking to them, they're nervous about the, this because... We're afraid of it. Yeah, a little afraid of it because well, they may come back and want property tax increased or have lorm tax. Well, well let's, let's address those issues one at a time. With respect to the ad valorem tax, as you know, Harold, uh, Oklahoma is very different than Texas in the sense that, um, you know, Texas collects the ad valorem tax as a state, whereas we can't, we collect that at the county level. And the state doesn't even have a way of raising the, the property that those property taxes, the ad valorem taxes, without taking it to a vote of the people. And I just frankly don't see a vote of the people going that, that direction. I don't, I don't see the people voting for an increase in ad valorem tax to put us where, where Texas is. The other thing that I would note is that there are, I think, now seven or eight states that have zero income tax. There are zero income tax states. I mentioned uh, Texas, Florida, and Tennessee, but there's also uh, Washington, uh, I think Wyoming, uh, Mississippi's on the way to zero. Um, there, are, there are a number of them. Uh, and Texas is the only state without an income tax that has a higher than average property tax rate. And so I'm not I'm not worried about the uh, about the uh, the property taxes, and I really don't think that the farmers need to be worried about it either, because I just don't see the state uh, sending that to a vote of the people and the people voting to raise uh, or or allowing the state to raise them. Now, if your county raises them, that's your that's the issue you got to take with your county. Um, but the other thing that I would mention is the the the. The biggest problem with the income tax vis-a-vis the, the uh, grocery tax is that it is a tax on productivity, and that is the thing that we, we want to discourage. We, we are further discouraging people from being productive citizens when we tax their, their labor and their hard work. And so we don't want to do that. We think we think that the federal government's helping out plenty already with that in, in discouraging work. And we want to make sure that people are go out, going out and being productive members of society and that the state is taking less of what they earn. Um, that that's the reason that the income tax is is so critical. So it would seem to me, unless you talked about people not really noticing the cut in income tax, but I'm. Since cities and towns are going to still charge for city uh, for sales tax, I'm not sure people are going to really see. I'm just thinking: Are they? Do you think they'll really see a, a benefit to cutting the, the the grocery tax? Well, I don't know what the numbers are. I mean, uh, maybe Ryan could could explain that to us. How much of if they do away with the grocery tax, like Weatherford, we're nine and a half percent sales tax. What what would we end up with? What what is what share of that is the state of Oklahoma's? Four percent. Four percent. Okay. So it the difference would be it would drop it down to five, five and a half in Weatherford. Mm-hmm. So so there. Yeah. Go ahead. You want to? Well, I was just going to say. I mean, to, to, to that point. Um, I mean, it's I. I Again, I'd like to see us go to zero. So, you know, I, I get that when we're talking about maybe doing a quarter percent tax cut here or there, um, you probably would see a, a bigger change to your pocketbook if we if we were to cut eliminate the grocery tax. 
But that doesn't deal with the incentive structure that I just talked about. That, and that's what we are, that's what we are primarily concerned with as a, as a think tank is how do we get people out working, uh, being productive, incentivizing young men and young women to go out and get jobs and, and you know, not not sit at home and play video games and smoke weed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. We were just talking earlier about we're sort of sorry that we voted, at least in the rural area, the marijuana into the state. But anyway, that's a whole other subject that we could talk about. But we just got a call, uh, I mean, a listener text, sent a text in saying Florida has high ad valorem tax. You have to fund education one way or the other, either as ad valorem tax or income tax. What do you say to that, Ryan? Uh, they don't have higher than average income or uh, ad valorem tax. I, I know that now Florida is, is in a, a little better situation because they make so much money off of, uh, off tourism. Um, but there, here's the thing that I think people aren't realizing is that we've been cutting taxes over the last 10, 20 years. Um, you know, we went from what, seven and a half to where we are now at 4.75. And yet over that time, tax revenue has only grown. So um, it, it just doesn't follow that cutting taxes is going to lead to decreased revenues because we've actually seen the exact opposite um, over the years. On average, as we've uh, as we as we continue to cut taxes, tax revenues grown. I mean, they cut the they cut it what a quarter percent two or three years ago. I think it was before the last elect before the last election. Um, and we have half a billion dollars in growth revenue uh, last year. So we're in a good spot, and we've got the money to do it, and I think we ought to do it. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about Trump's dilemma. Big, huge <laughs> judgment uh, against Trump in New York City. Is it a fair deal? I, let's talk about that when we come back. You're listening to the right time for Western Oklahoma. And we interrupt you with breaking news live from the Pepsi Wild Cherry Isle. Steve, I've never seen anything like this. The bold, refreshing, and bursting with cherry deliciousness of Pepsi Wild Cherry is, well, let's just say everyone is getting wild. There's dancing, binge watching, and this on the scene reporter can't wait to pop, lock, and drop it. Pepsi Wild Cherry, go ahead, get wild. Go wild with Pepsi Wild Cherry, available from the Nicholson family at Pepsi in Clinton. You hear that? That's the sound of a brand new Ford F-150 from Kiowa Casino Carnegie. Join us Fridays for $250 free play hot seats from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Earn entries from February through April and at 10 p.m. on April 26th. That Ford F-150 could be yours. Don't miss this monster of an event. February through April at Kiowa Casino Carnegie. Just off Highway 9 in Carnegie. Must be 21 years or older to play. Visit KiowaCasino.com for more info. Don't miss unbeatable savings at M&D Enterprises and Lawnmower Shops. For a limited time, you can save a whopping $400 on their top-of-the-line storm shelters. And that's not all. Your outdoor products are possible this year with specials on Bobcat equipment. With affordable financing and rebates available, there's never been a better time to upgrade. Visit M&D Enterprises and Lawnmower Shops today or visit MowersOK.com and let them tackle every project with confidence. Now through the end of February, get your mower service during their winter special. M&D Enterprises and Lawnmower Shops will even pick up and deliver your mower. For your best lawn, porch, or patio, choose M&D. Hello, this is Brian Baca, founder of Advanced Financial Strategies in Clinton. 
We've been helping people with their individual financial planning for the past 30 years. How was your 2023 compared to the rough year the market had in 2022? Did your 401k or your investment accounts fully recover or at least close to it? At this point in time, your accounts should be at the highest level or close to the highest level they've ever been. If you'd like a second opinion to potentially reduce the impact on your retirement assets or entire portfolio when another year like 2022 happens, give us a call for a no-cost, no-obligation conversation. December is always a great month to reevaluate the past year and see if you're closer to your goals. And January is the month to take action. We can help you set a more defined course if you feel it's necessary. Give us a call at our office in Clinton, 323-6800, and let's see if we can help you enter the new year with more confidence. Or check us out on our website, retirewithbacca.com. Brian Backa and Briley Backa are investment advisor representatives of and advisory services offered through Royal Fund Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Deer Creek Hardware and Hydro is your locally owned hardware store and a proud member of the True Value family, ready to help you with all of your projects, from tools to lawn and garden items to outdoor grills and more. Shop Deer Creek Hardware and Hydro. Whether you're a pro or taking on a DIY project for the first time, Deer Creek Hardware is right here in your neighborhood with the expert advice, tools, equipment, and products you need to get the job done. Shop Deer Creek Hardware. 226 North Arapahoe and Hydro. Deer Creek Hardware, where you'll always be treated like family. Stay comfortable whatever room you're in. Cross Eaton Air can install a Bryant Evolution system with zoning capabilities. You'll be able to customize humidity settings, set different temperatures for up to eight zones, and control your system from virtually anywhere using the Bryant Home app. To learn more or to schedule an evaluation, contact Cross Eaton Air at 580-819-1089. Bryant, whatever it takes. CrossEatonAir.com. Why choose Patriot Diesel? They do more than just diesel engines. They cover every aspect of heavy-duty truck and trailer maintenance, from alignments to suspension, from heavy line trailer repair to hydraulics, and even trailer tarp repair and installation. They're your full-service heavy-duty partner in western Oklahoma, whose team is dedicated to delivering top-notch service, backed by years of experience and passion for quality. Visit them today, 300 South Access Road in Weatherford. Patriot Diesel, your ultimate truck and trailer partner in western Oklahoma. 25 minutes after 7 o'clock, and uh, with us this morning is Ryan Haney from Oklahoma Council of Public Affairs, also Les Crawl, local attorney, retired professor at Southwestern. So let's talk a little bit about what's happened in New York City. Uh, basically, I'm sure most of you are familiar with it's all It's been in the news. Uh, Donald Trump was given a judgment against him by a, a, a judge in New York City for basically overstating his um, – is his balance sheet or or property values uh, in his balance sheet to get a more favorable loan, although the banks have said in uh, basically he uh, they they want to do business with him they had, didn't have a problem they did do due diligence and so I don't know this is, seems to be a trumped up case <laughs> to me so, so Ryan what are your thoughts? Uh, and I know you. I asked you to talk a little bit about this this morning, and you've done a little research. Yeah, I have. Well, and I, you know, to, for for me, I, 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 it's interesting because this wasn't on my radar until until you, you talked about it. I don't, I don't watch a lot of uh, national news, but yeah, it's crazy. And as I got to looking at it, you know, because my my natural question was, I, I, I did a, a maybe one or two fraud cases, civil fraud cases when I was. Uh, back in private practice, and so it, it caused me to go back and do a little, a little research. And I thought to myself, I wonder if this could happen in Oklahoma. 
And I don't think this would fly if they had brought this case in Oklahoma. Of course, it stands to reason that this case wouldn't probably wouldn't have been brought in Oklahoma uh, because Oklahoma's fraud statute requi- requires that someone rely on on a fraudulent misrepresentation to their detriment. And and to your point, Harold, what you were just saying is that these banks are saying, look. You know, we knew <laughs> we knew that he wasn't being uh, totally honest with us, and and we did our due diligence, we did our research, and we decided to lend to him anyway. And uh, you know, so it's like, well, well, you know, who was harmed? And you know, I know that the uh, the, the New York AG said, well, it, you know, it's it's a sort of a societal harm or something like that. And you know, uh, I'm just not one who really believes in societal harms. You know, uh, so. Uh, the whole thing is kind, is kind of insane to me, and, and I'm, I'm just it, it highlighted the importance of attorneys general, um, and then and then also and also good judges. You know, I mean, I, I'm just like I don't think, like I said, I, I'm interested to see what the professor would think, but I just don't think this case would have would have flown in Oklahoma. Your thoughts, Les? Would this have flown in Oklahoma? Well, the the fraud cases, like Ryan has said, in Oklahoma. And I agree with what you're saying, Ryan. Uh, they have to rely to their detriment, uh, and that's a big element of, of a fraud case. The ones I remember in Oklahoma, I remember there was a grain elevator that, that took out a loan, and their collateral was a, a, a granary full of grain, and they found out, well, no, there wasn't grain in that granary. Uh, years ago, I remember a case here in western Oklahoma where a guy uh, got a bank loan to buy lots and lots of cattle, but he really didn't have any cattle. But he drove around and he showed the lenders, okay, see that field there? Those hundred head of cattle, those are mine. And they really weren't his. Um, so, Well, that, know, that's obvious fraud. I mean, that, to me. That, that, that's the fraud and that we normally uh, uh, associate with fraud. And certainly if I go into a lender and I tell them this is my collateral, they're going to come out and appraise that collateral. And they're going to put their number on, you know, I, I can say it's worth a million dollars and their appraiser will come out and say, no, it's only worth $150,000. They're not going to take my word for, oh, it's worth a million, you know. So uh, th- that's not knowing what the Trump organization did, you know, because we weren't there. We weren't. I, I don't know what what. According to research I've, I've seen, at least on it, they basically uh, supposedly, allegedly, whatever, uh, inflated their their values on Malargo and the, the Trump Tower in order to get a more favorable loan, which saved them something like one hundred million dollars. That's the whole argument because they got a lower interest rate. Yeah. yeah. So I, but there to me, and I don't know, Ryan. It seems like to me there are other factors besides the value of the property. When I when I've gotten a loan, and I certainly not in that ball game, you know, but I've gotten loans for business over the years. Uh, banks have looked at my financials, but they've also looked at my past history, my record, whether I paid the loan back, and that determines as much as anything what kind of loan rate I get. And I would think that would be the case with with Trump. What do you What are your thoughts on that, Ryan? Yes. Again, from from the research I've done, and, and again, you know, I didn't I didn't watch a, a lick of the trial, but um, from the research that I've done, it sounds like they, they treated it as though he didn't personally guarantee it. And you know, you may have, you know, in the, in the past, you may have personally guaranteed a loan, and uh, and so you know, a personal guarantee goes a long way uh, in, in deciding to make a loan. It's not just about you know the the collateral and whatnot. 
And uh, and the and the uh, I guess the uh, the officials there in New York have been saying, well, yes, he guaranteed it, but he 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 also lied about, you know, his uh, his his income and assets and that and and that sort of thing. But again, they went in and did their own appraisal of all that, and 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 lopped off, uh, in, in some cases, millions. Uh, millions of dollars in in what he said he was able to provide in that guarantee. Um, so they did their due diligence. They, you know, it does sound like there were mis- misrepresentations, which I don't think is going to shock a lot of people. Um, but but you know, the, the the question is, were they harmed? And uh, the other thing was, uh, oh gosh, I just went blank. Um, it was about the uh, the guarantees. But anyhow, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, 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 the, the, oh, this is what it was. Harold, there may be, there may be banks out in, in, in Weatherford and Clinton that even if they feel like you're a, a little more of a credit risk, they may want to do business with you just because they, they want to have other, uh, other services. I mean, maybe they want to get your demand deposits or maybe they want to get – they want to sell you uh, investments or whatever – and I think that it, it sounds like there was some evidence that came out at the trial where these banks said, no, we absolutely hoped to get other banking services from the former president, right? It wasn't just that we wanted to make interest on this loan. And we probably would have made the loan anyway at, at a favorable interest rate just to have the opportunity to maybe get some checkable deposits uh, from the former president or some uh, – some uh, investment services or, or something like that. So, you know, banks provide other services than just lending. And, you know, it's their prerogative if they, if they want to lend to someone, even if they feel like that person may be an above average credit risk, if they feel like they can get some other, some other services from them. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And I, I, I think that's my point. There are other variables that, that banks look at besides your value of the property, which is part of your financial statement that you're presenting to them, which you have to do, and they did do that. And I will say this, as a business, I want to make my financial statement look as favorable as possible if I'm going after a loan. It's just That's just the way you do business, with that, within reason and within the law. And I guess that's the question in this case. Was he within the law in, in presenting it the way he did? I, I don't know. That's, uh, it's, yeah, and, and those, are, those, can be, those can be sticky uh, sticky situations. I, I once represented in a criminal fraud matter uh, a banker out in Western Oklahoma uh, that was charged with criminal fraud. And you know, when you started to dig into some of these things, a lot of times it's just a matter of, well, you know, there there can be differences of opinion on on what something means. You know what I mean? And, or you know, what loan to value is. I mean, those are. Those are not always objective criteria, right? Sometimes they are subjective. So, you know, again, is, does it shock me that, uh, that that President Trump, you know, fudged the numbers a little bit? No, it doesn't. But again, where's where's the harm? Yeah, there was no victim, and that's one of the biggest points. And then the amount of the the judgment over three hundred fifty million plus interest is over four hundred million, and it could bankrupt him. I mean, it's it's that serious. Yeah, and in, in the last week. Uh, uh, former President Trump has lost uh, a half billion dollars. Yeah, and, mm. and he's wanting to appeal this deal, and they're saying he's going to have to put up all he'll, the money to have, appeal it. He'll have to post post the appellate uh, bond or put up the money. So if you do a bond, I would think it would be 10% of how much he owes. That's typical of a bond, but it may, may not be the case in New York. Mm. So we'll see. Thank both of you for this. It's good discussion.
Les, thank you. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Uh, thank you. Uh, it's always good to talk to you. You have a great day. We'll we'll talk to you again soon. That sounds good, Harold. Thank you. You bet. Ryan Haney with Oklahoma Council of Public Affairs and Les Crawl with us on the program this morning. Tune in every weekday at 6 a.m. for The Right Time with Harold Wright. Brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment on 99.3 News Talk KCLI.